0: Hey, hey, how we doing, Matt?
1: got a lot to get into today. Um, yes, so uh, I'm excited. <laughs> That's what I'll say.
0: <laughs> me too, me too. How's your week been?
1: Uh, it's been good. It's been pretty good. Uh, can't can't complain. Uh, redoing um, some web stuff, trying to get some website stuff out. And I know you also had some website that stuff that you were doing. So um, perhaps... Uh, in the next episode, we can do a whole rundown of, like, like in review, building a new website for a startup and how that kind of works out, what's the process, and, like, what, what are the issues and stuff that we
0: had to overcome in that, so. I love yeah. that. I think, yeah, we should definitely talk about sites, brands, everything in that, like, marketing realm in the startup world. And we do have some marketing stuff today to go over, so
1: hang tight. Uh, we're going to go over... Uh, the recent dribble logo redesign, the product uh, or marketing uh, debate, which is harder. Uh, and then a little thing at the end, maybe for those who also would benefit like we would, uh, how to focus better. Because I struggle a lot with trying to figure out how to spend my time designing, really designing, and not being distracted by other things in life. So I think that there's some tips that I came up with Maybe you could use <laughs> I definitely need to implement more of, and then I've already started, and I think it's already been working. so why don't we just get right into it? Dribble. What do you think? What's going on? First reactions.
0: It's so irrelevant. It feels like a student project. So for those, wait, wait, wait,
1: wait, back up back up. So yeah, for those yeah. who don't know, why don't you explain?
0: Absolutely. So dribble, the height of designer cool circa early 2011 through 2014, and then circa the peak height of coolness in design around 2016 to 2017-ish. Uh, from there, it had a falling off point. I think we should do an episode on the conspiracy theories that I have for dribble as well, around like, its ultimate fall into just nothingness. Um, because it, it got kind of hairy. Like, we all we all aimed for the pop page, and that was super cool to do. It was awesome to see like, friends up there, yourself up there with bragging rights, and then it ultimately became this, <laughs> uh, this place where it was just teams. And most of those teams were Eastern European teams who set up shop in San Francisco, maybe, uh, but were all out of like Estonia, um, Ukraine, um, they, anywhere over there, which like more power too. Fantastic business model. But uh, when your entire business becomes, how can we make triple shots so that we can get engagement as triple is now pivoting towards a platform of, um, the, what was it? The recruiting aspect of it. And so they, they just, they made that very lucrative for themselves. Uh, good for them. I think we should have a whole episode on it at some point because it's, it's interesting. I've worked with a couple of those companies too, uh, as I've like contracted out agencies. A lot of them are fantastic. Uh, and you know, good for them for being smart enough to use dribble as the business like that. But uh ultimately it falls down to how dribble treated itself and that ultimately led to a decline and now we're here like what five years post that decline and they're cranking out a new logo i saw one of their uh lead engineers sorry lead designers a few weeks ago tweet uh tweeting at somebody mentioning that they aren't relevant anymore saying funny we have the you know the most numbers ever right now. Uh, I don't see how we're not relevant. I'm like I don't know has any designer that we know posted on Dribble in like five plus years.
1: I mean I know designers that do it, but they don't do it to get anything more than it's more of a portfolio thing, just to keep up their own brand. Yeah. Uh, there's no, I mean I don't know. I I know they had issues in the past about people. Uh, original version of Dribble that we used to love. Just for a disclosure, we don't love Dribbble anymore. And the reason is because there was a lot of significant changes that have tarnished the brand, the quality, and the excitement around that community, which I think is probably the most significant point of all. Um, and and one of those things was uh, people were able to contact each other on Dribbble. And then all of a sudden people started, they started changing the algorithm of, of what was happening. They changed the format of like what page you would be on um and it kind of changed a lot of the culture around dribble uh but like you said all those agencies started coming in fine that's great uh but for those who just wanted to have fun and make stuff and share it and get some feedback and improve that really wasn't the case it was becoming more about like what can you make so eye-catching that it would draw attention get clicks and then then what people were at the time, I remember when I kind of dropped off of it, that they weren't getting a lot of work anymore from it because of the algorithm changed with the way that they were like structuring the new business plan. So it really irked a lot of designers wrong because they were in a position that they were succeeding and then that success was taken away from them based on the technology shifting of, of the, the platform. And I will
0: hang on, I want to cut you off there because sure. that's always. I, I struggle with this a lot uh, because, like, I, you know, we, we all have, like, the hate for Dribble now and, like, everything they did. They wanted to be very corporate, yada, yada. And I fully agree with it. However, one of the, yeah, one of the main points of contention that everybody's had is I don't get any more leads from Dribbble. Uh, like, as soon as they went to the recruiting platform dynamic, I did no more leads, basically. Yeah. I was still getting leads, like, at least one to two per week for specifically icon design, and I think I picked up, like, four or five contracts off of that that I, like, actually enjoyed. And then I also had somebody else reach out to me in, like, early, late 2021, early 2022. um, I I ultimately turned down, and I did some freelance for them, uh, like, a little bit later when we reconnected. Uh, And now I work there. <laughs> I, I work at MakeLog because our founder reached out to me on Dribble. Okay, well, that, that's a great
1: success story. Awesome, <laughs> I'm I'm happy for you. Unfortunately, I don't think it's the case for majority of people on Dribble. No, not at and all. I hope that that was. But my point being that the consensus that I was seeing, at least at the time, was that people were losing out on opportunities based on this gatekeeping of the community. Uh, and full disclosure. I probably would have done the same thing too as Dribbble did. I'm not saying oh, like business model. They market.
0: had like no revenue model there outside, yeah. Of the like thirty dollars per whatever. year plan—that was it. That was their well. They had they band. had the
1: ads and they had the, the the subscription, and then they changed it. They well, had, you the... had
0: a subscription. You weren't facing ads, so like right. if you're you're an invite-only platform, so like yeah. you've already got that going for you. Now people are subscribing to it, and because of that. Most of your users are probably going to be paid users and they're not going to be seeing your ads, anyways. <laughs> my point being,
1: the community did not feel comfortable with it anymore. The existing community now, whatever it's evolving today, I hope that they make a lot of money and they hope that they help other designers get their jobs and get roles and 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 you know help just the community be better because they are a community platform that's ultimately what they started out as. I don't know what they are today. I don't really use it anymore. Kind of Maybe I'll go on to see like what other UX patterns people are, are implementing on certain things, and then I'll be like, okay, I can take like f- five things and combine like the best parts about all of them into something. That's what I'll probably do if I'm, if I'm stuck on a UX problem that I haven't solved before. Uh, but that's about it. I don't really use it for anything else. I don't post anymore. As a matter of fact, I'd probably take down some of my own work because it's so old and just replace it. But uh, they, long story short... And again, we should also, like I said off the podcast, we should have Zach, CEO of Dribble, come on the pod and talk about this we kind should. of change in the community and the sentiment overall. I uh, and kind of like how you can whatever. I you know saw the yesterday that they had a new logo, right? They updated the logo, and you hate it. I, I do. I just think I'm mean, indifferent kind of about odd. it.
0: I i more so joking than anything else. It's just you feel. When a company rebrands, it's, it's typically to generate a ton of hype. And this just felt like it existed in a vacuum. Like, nobody's talking about it. It's not like they introduced a new platform or, like, this new initiative that goes around why they've rebranded. It just feels like, oh, hey, we updated the logo. And it's like, well, great, but why?
1: When you up, yeah, When you update a brand, like something significant as the logo, there's a couple of reasons why. Uh, rarely is it ever, we just felt like it, right? I mean, it's possible, but it's rare. Oftentimes, it's because they, like you said, they need more publicity. So they try to rebrand and kind of reintroduce themselves. Um, and that's, I think, fine, but I don't really see how successful it really was uh, for that particular community. Cause, because Dribble is very special in that it is run, it, it is a community run by designers, right? And our community, being designers, are very particular, and we want to see nothing but excellence, and not everyone can deliver on that. Fine. But I did not see many people that were like, wow, this is amazing. I love this logo. They're all like... It was kind of like a silent fart. You know what I mean? Yeah. And You know what they
0: should have done? They what? should have made it really bad. Like, <laughs> it should have been horrible so that people were actually talking about it. Well, I don't want them to
1: lose their the whatever whatever respect that people have for them already uh i i think that like you said that the, the logo does look amateur it, it it does look kind of like a font that you just picked and typed um it's very not like human it feels very cold compared it's to cold. the old logo yeah. and i think and that that irks me a lot on that particular.
0: 90 percent of their brand was that logo like it Go look at your sticker collections, any designer that exists. <laughs> you're gonna have a dribble type logo yes. sticker in your collection. I've probably got 30 of them. Like all the the pink basketballs that have the dribble logo on it. Like that was what people knew Dribble for. And now yeah. that's like I yeah, I don't know. I feel like that was the one thing they had going for them. Well, we salute
1: Dribble's logo for carrying us and the design community for so long. Uh, giving so many of us opportunities, giving us so many connections. you know you can't say that that dribble was all bad if you did think no. it was, if you think it's bad now. it was and I do think that there is some soul left in it uh, but it, it was really just uh, an amazing place to be on the internet for designers and I thank them for creating that space uh, for that. But what the fuck are you doing to your logo and your brand? you're ruining it. okay. So that was number one. number two, real quick product or marketing you and i had a discussion and i was saying that i'm trying to build a marketing website landing page thing for our company for our startup and and you so are you and for you you come from more of a world of marketing and i come from more of a world of product and i was saying that for me it's really difficult to do marketing you're like no it's so much more easy to do marketing it's so much harder to do product Um, and we're going back and forth on this thing. So why don't you discuss a little bit with me on, on that?
0: Absolutely. So, yes, I come from the world of ad agencies and then into product design and then back into marketing and now into a large mixture of both. Um, it's, yeah, I, there's different pieces to this. I've been like self discovering over the past few days of cranked through Multiple marketing websites. Uh, I think from the design end, like purely the visual end of this marketing, is far easier because so you don't have to deal with any of the bullshit behind it when it comes to building things. Like uh, I, some of the marketing components on the site, I'm just like absolutely hacking together pieces of code to just like make an animation look right or an interaction or something like that. And after like battling with these types of things for over an hour two hours whatever it is i'm like damn this is literally just to get an animation to fire for like a fake version of the thing that we sell like end result of this has nothing to do with what we actually sell It is purely to look good and draw interest Uh, so whereas post product which is the opposite highly functional
1: uh, here here's my take on this i think Product is easier, maybe because I'm also a little more biased and I do it more often. And to me, marketing is about being extremely creative and trying to draw people in, whereas product is about keeping them there,
0: right? Keeping them there and wanting to use it. That's a great way to put it, yes.
1: And I find that drawing people into something, I can make something work so much better than majority of people in the specific area of focus, right? Fine. But I cannot, for the love of my life, figure out the simplest designs for marketing I get so overwhelmed and for me that's you just like looked at here. <laughs>
0: yeah
1: th- like everyone else right I'm trying so hard not to do that like it is so hard to not be like let me try getting inspiration from this oh they did purple and dark I guess I should do purple and dark and everyone's doing that so I made a very clear goal in this particular project to not do that. And it is insanely hard because they all still end up looking the same anyways. Oh, yeah. um, you know, you get your bento box, you get your header, you get your footer and then whatever. And you can do something really cool. Like, I don't know if you saw runway.com. Go check it out while I'm talking. And they have this really a wonderful theme that's kind of like an like an airplane, sky, emotional experience. And it has animations, and it's very cool. It's very eye-catching. It's not really usable. Yeah, it's a lot. If you actually use the command plus minus, you can't really zoom in on the text, so it's not very accessible for those who might need it to be. Uh, So there's some issues with it overall as a website, but that's not the point of it. The point of it is to draw people's attention to it, right? I'm sure then sooner or later, they're going to evolve into something like linear, uh, which is just straightforward, accessible, it's easy, it works with SEO really well, blah, 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 blah. So... For me, I'm like in this balancing act of can I make it useful and usable, but also like really attractive and like whatever. So I'm trying to find those little things to it. And I find that it's just so much harder to come up with an answer that is more an emotional tie than it is a product, which I know is structured logically. I know A plus B equals C. If users don't like this thing and they like this other thing, I should do more of the other thing or improve the first thing. It's it's very logical to me. Marketing is not logical to me. It's very emotional. And I'm trying to reset my mind to fit that. What do you think of that?
0: No, you're 100% right. The, it, it's not just making it look good. It's very much so like the emotional tie. And all of that starts with narrative. Narrative is what drives friends. Uh I mean, I'd, I'd say any... when you It's like that bell curve of designers. Once you, you sort of start out, you're like, I'm just going to make it look like everybody else because I'm going to try to make it look cool. And then... You get to the top, and it's like, oh, well, you got to do this, this, that, and this, and everything else. And then you get down, you're like, I just want to make it look cool. Um, but there's, <laughs> yeah. a, there's a part in there that's uh, I, I find myself falling into this anytime I work on a brand is when I start a brand, I try to make it look like something else. I obviously you're taking inspiration, reference, whatever you want to call it, uh, and it's it's gonna look like somebody else. And then you're gonna change things. You're gonna shift things around. You're gonna see what works for you. But what I always find myself doing, I've tried to get myself to do it first rather than in the middle of the process to rework everything, uh, is focus on the narrative. Focus on what makes your company, your product, whatever it is you're designing a brand for you, and then take it from there. It may not look great to begin with, but you got to trust the process there. It's not going to look good. Uh, at the start, because it, it's different. It's not something that you can just go and like look and see on Pinterest or SaaS landing page or whatever place you're looking at, uh, because it doesn't exist. And you know, all the all the glitzy and glamour brands, like look at Woke, uh, Reflect, any of those that look like linear. Sure, they have a huge kick on Twitter when somebody first posts that website. They're like, "Damn, this is cool!" And then ten minutes later, I, I mean, I was struggling to remember their names right there. Mm-hmm. So. That compared to, you know, the originals, the OGs of being able to do these unique brands. Like at Stripe and Linear, they weren't referencing other brands doing these types of things. And yet they are the ones that people remember because they stayed true to themselves doing this. There's plenty of other examples out there that do. Uh, And because of that, those are the ones you remember. You know, they may not get the most hype at the onset, Linear aside, but they stick.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think it's okay if people copy and create, recreate some, some of the more obvious websites that people go to for inspiration, and then eventually start to branch away from that. I think it's kind of how you grow and learn as a designer. I'd urge people to kind of a technique that I used to do, and I should do more of if I have more time, which I don't, is uh, take someone's website or someone's app or someone's icon, whatever, pull into Photoshop, Sketch, Figma, whatever your tool is recreate it and then trash it. And yeah. you know, because you're not really making it and you don't need to, but you're trying to create the memory, the, the 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 muscle memory of how did they do that so you can do it without having to reference it and you understand the decision making of how they actually built it. And then therefore you can use that same decision making for something different. So that's what I would recommend to people who are trying to get into this stuff. But to me, I just still can't. I still can't find a reason to say that marketing is easier than product, even though you think it's the opposite. Maybe should, we'll, I, should we'll I drop
0: s- my analogy on on the go for it? Here? Go for it. I, I told you this like a couple of months ago, um, but I've always thought of product and marketing. Uh, so stay with me here. Product is Oh, geez. Product is skiing. Um, it's or wait. I'm getting my own analogy. Doesn't even know his analogy. Trying
1: to take me down. I don't know because I haven't
0: <laughs> said it out loud in a bit, and it's like it's so easy to confuse the two. Um, you just said
1: something the other day. It's it,
0: no, that was the that was the polish the polish the car, not the cloth. That one's different. Oh. I would say marketing and product is wow. Well, I'm really failing to like remember what this is. I'm having a total brain fart, and this was like the analogy that I I stood on here. It was that. Marketing is snowboarding. That's it. Marketing is snowboarding. It is harder <laughs> to get up front, but easier. To, it's, sorry. Harder to learn, <laughs> easier to master. Product is easier to, harder to learn. No. Oh, my God. Hey, buddy. Uh, you should practice. Can we <laughs> cut this out of this? This is such shit. I can't believe I'm going to find this. Because it's like it's one of those reversal yeah. metaphors. No, I get, of that, I get I get I get what get you're saying. Up.
1: It's like it's like it's yes, I, I understand where you're coming from. Um I, I don't have an analogy off the top of my head, but I'm sure it's kind of like if you just you know, it, it's rather the effort of something It's kind of either up front or at the end. Um and just switching it based on yeah. the context. And I get it, it's fine. You don't need to explain it. Um, but maybe next episode you can come up with a better analogy for something else. Oh, I want Jesus. a new analogy every episode from you.
0: <laughs> next episode I'll give my polish the cloth.
1: Okay, analogy. polish the cloth.
0: That one, that one I feel like, I had that one before I went to sleep the other night and I was like, wow, that was like stupidly good. You were
1: like profound, let me write it in my book of analogies.
0: <laughs> I do, I keep a notebook next to my bed just for those instances. I haven't gotten weird enough to keep one of those like waterproof notebooks in the shower because like, I oh i was you, like, yeah, waterproof, like waterproof waterproof
1: next to the bed that's i, I was gonna have oh some questions God. there but it's not this all kind of, of the, podcast
0: all <laughs> of the all the thought leaders that are just like yeah man you gotta you gotta keep a source of inspiration and notes everywhere like if you're in the shower get yourself a waterproof note light that kind of shit
1: well i'll be honest my best ideas is come in the shower my best thoughts for what i want to write what I want to podcast about, what I want to create, how I solve solutions. They're always in the shower. I don't know why. Maybe it has to do with the steam the fact that I'm not by a phone. Maybe it has to do with like, I'm just thinking in myself and there's like hot water. I don't know what it is or maybe water itself is just like some sort of like mystical thing and it just kind of has ideas coming out from the shower head into my brain. I don't know, but I like it and I'll keep doing it. I should get a notepad in the shower, but I don't think my girlfriend's going to like that.
0: Um, so, I got the analogy, by the way. Was analogy? I just figured out where you were talking. Product is snowboarding. Product is way harder to get into. There's a ton you have to learn up front, be it a user behavior, uh, certain patterns, everything else. But once you understand all of those concepts, it becomes significantly easier to master. Whereas marketing <laughs> is skiing. Marketing is so easy up front. It is that first example of being able to sit down and say, I'm going to make it look like anybody else. I know how to make a visual look cool, and that's great. But it is significantly harder to master because that that introduces the narrative and the emotional component.
1: I'd actually still disagree with you on that. But there's another three layers to this whole discussion, which is the context of what are you marketing and producting for? Is that a word, producting? Uh, enterprise startups and doing like you know solo stuff on your own
0: it becomes yeah the ball game is just completely different sports
1: yeah and i think it's way more fun for startups than it is for enterprise we all know that uh but i think it's just because people
0: numbers game well
1: isn't it just because people in enterprise are just they're just not like i would i don't want to say not allowed to but like there's people in the way like the bureaucracy. the bureaucracy is in the way of them there's an
0: expectation
1: yeah it it prevents them from doing like i remember working for ibm we had uh the opportunity to redesign our marketing page for whatever reason we had our own separate marketing page than all the other products at ibm i don't know why and it wasn't good And so we tweaked it every so often just kind of updated the text on it but i was like why don't we just like make something really freaking awesome like an apple.com website you know what i mean like where they have like the cool animation where they scroll and it kind of flips the phone around, then it zooms in. We can do that. Apple can do it. We can do it. It's not that hard. Like, we're not that, on uh, somewhere it's just the amount of care we put into things. That's why we yeah, are always not, behind. You're not
0: splitting an atom.
1: I mean, sometimes we are, but, you know, it was just, you know, the quantum stuff, maybe. But we were trying to do it. And then we got, we got in the phone with a salesperson or we got in the phone with a marketing person. I don't remember who it was. And they were like, Oh, wait, your website's different than the rest of the products? Oh, let me get you this person. And they sounded the alarm, and then they roped our website back into the fold of every other website in this, like, CMS that IBM created. And it was atrocious. It was so boring. It was hard to look at. It was just gross. And, you know, it didn't even have any images really on it. It had, like, maybe one image of, like, a tiny, blurred-out version of the screenshot of the product. So because there's so many cool things and they refused to because it was hard to manage. But I'm like, why is another team way over there has nothing to do with us managing our product, right? The designers on the team should be managing the product's experience to, to, to like the, the, the touch points of how you actually interact with the product being the marketing page. So long story short, it, it was a mess. Um, so I think at that level, it's probably really hard to make something nice, but it's really easy to get the marketing stuff done because it's all in content writing um, as opposed to like having to figure out and get approvals from everyone. Uh, but then there's startups, which you and I are more familiar with right now. Although you did some stuff for Facebook too. I would, I would say that that's pretty enterprise. Well, yeah, I
0: mean, like, hell, DigitalOcean was enterprise by the time I got there. I mean, we just put on the, put on the suit and tie and IPO'd, and that was... <laughs> I mean, we we did like a brand refresh and that was hell. Uh, they, you know, it was everybody from the corporate world stepping into DigitalOcean trying to trying to put on the big boy pants. And uh, DigitalOcean historically was a very visually influenced company. I mean, the whole point of their existence was being the best looking and best functioning cloud platform. And they lost that. I mean, they IPO'd. Uh, we did a brand refresh and the majority of that time was just trying to sell that being a mature company didn't mean having a suit and tie on. You can be mature and still be wearing a T-shirt. And that was hard to do. Uh, you know, it took a lot of selling to be able to try and keep the the visual energy going with ocean. I wouldn't say we did it uh, hyper successfully, but I mean, I'd, I'd say it was a win that it is still illustration-based. Wait,
1: wait, wait, you're telling me people still wear ties?
0: C-suite, uh, yeah, they Okay, they're I've like never CEOs. seen a
1: C-suite person not on video wear a tie.
0: You're saying you haven't seen... Yeah, wear... like,
1: pe- pe- like, like, so when executives come to the office, they were never wearing ties, but, like, when they're in a video talking to stakeholders, like, um, like, stockholders... Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're wearing a tie. But, like, I don't know anyone, any adult that's not going to a wedding or a funeral or whatever, like, special occasion, a marriage, whatever, uh, a baby shower, whatever it is, um, they're... Not wearing ties, <laughs> I've never seen that it's like an outdated thing now, like the thing is just like a nice shirt and a nice jacket. I've never seen people really wear ties anymore,
0: which is maybe a good thing because I feel as a culture we've grown a less not professional but less black tie uh because I feel like that's a that's such an odd point anytime we go to a wedding or something like that it says like they'll call it black tie and i'm like yeah but how black tie is it or if they don't specify and then they just like throw out a word because everybody has heard the phrase black tie event and it's like historically like black tie means tuxedo it does not mean wear a shirt suit and tie and i feel maybe that's a good thing that we have gotten into this world of just wear the you know the open shirt and a blazer and you know an everyday suit as it bears yeah as a yeah
1: i i I agree with that uh i was surprised when you said suit and tie because i'm like that example like it is pretty much background it was first first of all always
0: the crazy dark oak wood bookcase and like a very like astute and yeah that was i got it was an (laughs) interesting experience compared to the founders of DigitalOcean who i only saw on video one time when the ipo who were just absolutely hung over uh from their are night of partying before the IPO. Insane. I love those um, guys.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think in, in the new age of startups, people really aren't going to get that drunk. Uh, I just don't think people really care. I think they're people more don't like... People not anymore, man. I, I, I slow down. Um, I think more people are getting into psychedelics than they are drinking and, and whatever. Um, I don't smoke weed, whatever. I don't do psychedelics full disclosure uh but i do drink a little bit i know you
0: don't smoke weed because you just referred to weed as a psychedelic
1: no 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 i'm saying the separate thing i'm saying the separate thing that you yeah, no, had no 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 you're misquoting me there no 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 i used to say i don't do weed that's how you know
0: oh, i man. really have never oh, touched no, weed Mitch. so it's went to art school dude come on uh- <laughs>
1: Um, do you see this? I'm as straight as the wood behind me. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm terrible, terribly not. Uh, uh, I, I'm very much not somebody who likes to experiment with that kind of stuff, drug or whatever. Um, I'm interested in the, in the use of psychedelics in mental health, but I'm not interested in the use of that in extracurriculars. Let's put it that way. But Back to Mitch the. they're just gonna
0: frown upon your designs if you made them under the influence of psychedelics you heard it here folks <laughs> <laughs> like, I have no I have
1: no problem somebody using them themselves I just don't I think that there's like a, a purpose for everything you put in your body and I think that psychedelics have a very specific purpose usually it's to find yourself or to unlock a question you don't know the answer to or you don't know the question it exists And for me, when I see someone just doing it like casually, uh, I feel like that's something that it's an indicator to me that it's difficult for that person to have fun and enjoy the moment and enjoy the world as it is that they can take in. And they need a substance to kind of elevate that experience because something else underlying is wrong. And I've never seen somebody, correct me if I'm wrong, where they're casually doing it and everything is perfectly you know, oh God, power, no. to beauty. I think and, that's kind of
0: the point of drugs. But uh, I, same thing with drinking. Is and this like weed, a whatever. regular thing that happens around you? Like in your in this circle in Texas? Because like there I are feel like so founder many. culture has become this this bubble of like your body's the temple, fitness. Like you're asleep by nine, wake up at five, cold one Like
1: I I am so for that. I love me that. too. That, I, I love that we're
0: Florida. now in this culture of. of like being good to ourselves and our bodies. Cause I feel like even like four or five years ago, all the, all the like founder articles were like, here's the 27 drugs I'm taking daily just to survive. Oh. And uh, I'm also microdosing. And that's like why my business is successful. Like that was a serious like New York hustle culture mixed in with the new money Californian folks bullshit. And now it's like, what's, Let's not do bad things to our bodies and let's just kind of chill and be better and live longer. I don't see. We will talk that about the anti-aging matter. guy. I don't want to talk about him.
1: Fine. Fair enough. Uh, I think that uh, overall uh, I'm a stickler and uh, I don't like to have fun. I like to be in bed by nine. So <laughs> I do like to have fun, but I think you can have fun. I think you can have fun sober and on a routine. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, Sometimes it's good to kind of break away from that. Fair enough. And I like to do that too. Change it up a little bit. But you always come back to your routine because you know that it actually works pretty well. Usually people are comfortable with that, but uh, we'll get into user psychology behavior uh, and habits. Another episode. Let's finish this episode with uh, how to focus better. Right? Don't do drugs, but there are other things you can do to actually focus better. I know that Huberman and all them have supplements that help you focus, like they, they talk about it in and science, and blah, 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 whatever. But there's other things you can do besides supplementing, besides, you know, Adderall whatever whatever drug of your choice is to improve your focus. And I'm going to read off the list of things, and I have, I think, a couple more in my head. I want to see if you do any of these. Number one, brown noise. So basically, it's like a low, lower pitch sound instead of like white noise. It's just lower pitched. Uh, I found that this actually improves my focus for some reason. I don't like coffee shop clinking, clanging. I don't like. Honestly, I don't really like the WeWork people like walking around asking questions and people like like yelling on their phones. You I really don't like that. the
0: WeWork. <laughs> I don't. I don't. What are I, don't you I, on? I really
1: don't. But I, I like. They walk well,
0: up. They say they don't say what are you working on. They walk and say what are we working on?
1: TM. <laughs> it's not you work. It's we work. Uh, <laughs> but no, they they're actually really annoying because they always suspect that I don't work there. I don't pay, so they always bother me. Oh jeez, so that's really annoying. But that's not really what I'm trying to talk about. I'm talking about like the actual noise in the room. Yeah. Uh People like on their video calls and and whatever. I like focus. I really like peace and quiet but I need humans around. So that's why headphones are great. And that's what I'm talking about. Brown noise. Um, so brown noise. It's kind of like a
0: sh- sh- sound, but like it's an airplane words. It's a what? Airplane noise. That's how I first discovered yeah. brown okay. noise. But somebody, somebody tweeted about like the amount of work I get done on airplanes is insane. And I, have always thought, and they did like a deep dive into like it's brown noise with the, you know, the engine stumbling and, um, uh, mm-hmm. Everything else that creates that kind of atmosphere, I always thought it was cool. I don't partake uh, per se. I shout out lofi girl. That's like that's my jam right there. That <laughs> that is on like any time I am working. Either that or just like very chill lofi playlists. Yeah, Not lofi like, also yeah.
1: great. Uh, I'd rather I, I, I'd elevate the the category of that. To say music with no lyrics.
0: Oh, absolutely. Especially if I'm doing like any kind of coding, yeah. like, yeah, any, any actual language just screws me up. Design, I'm, I'm a lot better about it, but. Yeah.
1: yeah so, okay. So we, worry. so we have brown noise. We have music, no lyrics. So you don't do brown noise, but you do music, no lyrics, uh, time, excuse me, timers. So being focused, uh, well, let me just finish up the, the noise, the noise section of it the fact that you're listening to something and it's just a repeating pitch or just a a sound that is just flowing through your ears it somehow elevates my focus probably yours too and you lose sense of everything around you except the thing you're doing and that's why i loved it because it's in your head and there's nothing around you that should be able to distract if you're really using it properly uh, it just lets you sit in your world. So that's what I'll say about that. Tell me if you do this. Timers. Having like a self-timer on your desk or on your phone or whatever and you clock in at a certain period of time like the Pomodoro method, right? Uh, 15, 15, 15, whatever it is. I don't know what it is. Um, do you do that?
0: No, and I should. I, I, was talking should. To, I was talking to you about this before we started recording sure. and especially when it comes to engineering. Anytime I get fixated on an issue I'm trying to solve, I'll like force myself to like force through it. And it's never a good idea because anytime I've like catastrophically failed at something I'm yeah. like, fuck it, I got to go take a break. I'll come back to it and be like, "Oh, right, it was just this and I'll solve it in five minutes. Flat, <laughs> something I've just spent three hours trying to rework.
1: Uh, I am not a fan of timers, because I take a long time to do certain things sometimes, but I know that's why they work. Because if you're uncomfortable taking a, a short period of time doing something, they force you to get it done. But I'm always like, I'll just add more time. I'll just add more time. Yeah, right. So that's the problem with that is like, there's no like pushback of the timer. It's like, there's no punishment, right? So for me, uh, well, actually, there's a punishment at the end of the day. I'm just crying because I didn't get my work done, but <laughs> there's no, there's no like, immediate uh negative feedback that tells me the consequences and that's why i don't like timers but some people love them and i'm gonna try to do them like try no i want to try
0: to now i think i'm gonna do that for the rest of the day
1: yeah go for it uh small breaks so something with the timing stuff having a small break after like 20 40 minutes of working, getting up, stretching your legs, moving around, coming back. That seems to actually help people, I've noticed. Mm-hmm. They get to like get like they they like work in, in insanely intense for like 20 30 40 minutes at a time and then their brain needs to switch a little bit, take us a little breather and then come back into to the mess. And sometimes that works for people. Sometimes working straight through 4 hours straight is is for people what do you
0: think of that it comes and goes i'd say in the morning i try to keep myself at the desk uh after i get breakfast made eat and like i just put in a couple of really good hours afternoons i definitely need to take small breaks and i'll find myself doing that um because yeah the i i always like to tell people you can design for like three to four hours per day Mm -hmm. basically i you know i think any any idea that we work like actual eight hours per day at the computer doing designs, it's bullshit. We're, we're in a creative industry. You can't run creativity eight hours a day, five days a week.
1: I mean, you can, but you'll burn out really fast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's not sustainable. It's the not three, sustainable. four hour range is much more attainable. and I, You're able I'll, to be
1: consistent. I'll give, I'll give you a little hint. I'm doing that right now. <laughs> Running so <laughs> fucking much. <laughs> I have, oh, my God, I'm
0: watching this like <laughs> bitch. Well, I up.
1: So, so I think it's very different when you are the founding designer of a company versus just a designer at a company because I have more responsibility to get this done. I have the weight and the pressure. Um, we talked about it last time about the pressure uh, from above. And because I'm so close to the pressure and and the, and the volume is so small, I feel it more. And so it requires that I actually use that pressure to get things done. Do I wish that I could only do three hours a day of, of creative work and the rest of busy work? Yes. Not realistic to get things done to find market fit. Just not. But I know it'll teeter off over time, and it'll get much easier with the pressure. The pressure will be let off a little bit more, or maybe it'll be compounded. Who knows? But um, yeah, you'll get
0: to the point where you're like, yeah, it's just, it's just reaching product market fit it's easy once we get there we're fine and like time goes on you're like actually we're we're straying further away from it now things are getting worse i mean
1: yeah i i love my founders they have they have such a great mindset and one thing that i know that they were talking about i don't know if your founders are the same way is that um you know like those like UBTs and like having to like have super secure passwords that change every couple of months or whatever it is no He's like, I'm absolutely not allowing that. And there's also like all these other little things that they're like, these are typical You just do stock
0: too. Come on. That's like, that's it.
1: The the bottom line of what I'm trying to get at there is that uh, you have to have founders that are really like sane and understanding. You, You can describe your, maybe we'll do a whole episode on founders. Like just how do you find the right founder and what do you look for in the founder? Um, so I'll I'll pause there on that. Yeah,
0: we could do that. No, that's a that's yeah a really good episode. Um, I'll write that down. I, yeah, I love the founder that I work with. She and I have like a very great uh, chemistry between how we handle work and how we handle the problems that come up. I think we play off of each other super well, and that's why that's why I took this role. Um, yeah, last thing I'll say on the uh, the hourly commitment to designing or doing things per day uh, is I. It's been interesting as I've like moved into this director role. Uh, it is less designing, more uh, like true product thinking. Whereas, uh, you know, I mean, like working at DigitalOcean, it was an enterprise. So any product thinking I was doing uh, during any stint on a product team that I did, it was, hey, we're trying to solve X problem. Let's solve it. Whereas now, I'm doing both. the, hey, what is X problem, and how do we solve it? So it, it does lead to less actual designing which is kind of nice um, but there's definitely days where I'm like damn I wish I didn't have to be like running through product in you know four hour stand ups to figure something out and I wish I could just be designing but uh, you know it's grass is always greener. true
1: absolutely uh, okay so, so uh, quick run through brown noise noise with no lyrics with music with no lyrics uh, timer small breaks uh, the last two and then we'll be able to wrap up uh carrot on a treadmill so sometimes i like to think of this tell me if you do the same thing where i'd like to set a reward for different things i can't have this brownie if i don't finish this website (laughs) i can't you know if i give me a real example of this (laughs) what
0: what are you rewarding yourself here
1: no i'm not even joking like literally having a a a reward after completing work. So it's, it's called yeah, a exactly. care of treadmill hear, thing, right? Give me an example.
0: I wanna um, hear, what do you actually do? It's not a brownie well, for a website. What is well, it?
1: Well, sometimes I, I hold myself like I won't eat until I finish something. That way I, because mm-hmm. if I eat and I get like full, I'm like lazy and tired. I don't want to do it anyway. So sometimes I, I use the hunger as like a mechanism to force me to like do it faster and and just get it done. So that's one thing. So I'll hold off dinner or something like that. Um, Something else probably be I can't, go to an event or something that I really want to go to unless I finish this thing, which typically I'm I'd rather just finish the thing anyways. So <laughs> that doesn't work out very well. Uh I think that there's usually it is food for me. That's like my 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 MO food. So uh I prefer to hold that literally as a carrot in front of me than like I don't know some other like activity. Like I I think that, you know, uh I'll drop anything if my girlfriend's like, hey, let's go do something, boom done let's go like work come second but that's why i use food because it's something that's not really some it's something that's always there and i can always use it as a way to get me to do more things what about you do you have any of that
0: i i take yeah sort of a similar approach uh if you weren't if you want the meanest fucking growth hack to doing a lot of work quickly don't eat uh and <laughs> that is i hate saying that out loud because it sounds like horrifying but in the mornings or something if i really know i need to like dial it up and focus in i would just have coffee and that'll be my morning uh, wow. i will also say like in a more healthy and uh smart way of thinking uh my lunches for instance i don't go super carb heavy for lunches because i notice if i do like yeah. eat a lot of grain or the you know that kind of food uh, i'll be sluggish for the rest of the day so i try to keep it like very light try to keep a lot of sugar in there through fruits uh because that sort of like allowed me to sustain energy until the end of the day uh whereas then for like breakfast and for dinner i'll typically do more carbs in there Um, more grains things like that but that is like that's my growth hack for for eating or not eating while doing work throughout the day that's a smart one carbs yeah get those out of the way in
1: in the morning or in the evening but like in the middle of the day probably not a good idea I know that whenever we all go to lunch as a team we eat something that's really heavy we come back to work we're like Absolutely. we don't want to do anything <laughs>
0: yeah I'm like I'm taking a nap right now uh,
1: okay so last but not least tell me if you do this one social media blockers so I have an app on my phone called Opal which installs a VPN oh, on, on your phone and it sets a lock on all my apps that I choose to if I want to or it has predefined like groupings. And so all my social media apps, I block throughout the day from 9 to 4. And uh, I can always unlock them, it, but it has it has like a 5 second pause and then you can like click on how long yeah, you want. It's just, it it gives you enough
0: time to make it an annoyance so that it yes. starts to like mentally train you to recognize the annoyance and it makes you not want to do it because there's an annoying construct in the way. Exactly.
1: If it's too much of an effort just to do that, then... I'm just yeah. going to go back to work anyway. So sometimes I see that message. And I'm like, damn it. I got to go back to work, which I think is great. I think it's great because that stuff is addicting. It's made to be addicting to get you to look at it for ad revenue. So it's a really good thing to have a blocker. I don't know of any other blockers, but I know that this thing does work for me. Do you have anything like that?
0: I don't, and I need the opposite. Um, oh, wow. I, I fucking hate social media. I think the only one I actually use now is Twitter uh and i i mostly use it for business like i mean before i got into design and that i didn't have social media like, i did not have facebook I did not have instagram <laughs> not have snapchat I did not have twitter I, I none love of these things say it's for
1: business like hey and, babe sorry i'm tweeting so much i'm on it for business
0: <laughs> no i'm serious my entire persona know, on my twitter is business and that's that's why i like it is because it's not like personal bullshit and that's why i like i'm Shit, look at my Instagram too. I don't think I have like a single post. It's, it's me. It was just like business Instagram. And that's the only reason I kept it around. And now nobody uses Instagram. So, like, I, you know, my friends are going to send each other memes and shit. But otherwise, like, I don't know. I don't really look at social media during the work day. My problem is after work where I'm like, all right, my friends have sent, like, I'll just look at Instagram. So, I've got like uh, one of my friends. We just like send memes back and forth all the time. And I'll just see this list of like, 30 things he sent me i'm like fuck i gotta like read my instagram newspaper here and catch up with whatever <laughs> he's sending me um but yeah i mean that's the only time i have issues with it is after work I and mean, i'd rather be doing other things that's the point of the work day is mm-hmm. do work and then you get to do other things yeah uh, and i find myself using social media sometimes too much especially at like the end of the night and i'd rather yeah. just not be doom scrolling but otherwise like during the workday, I have no issue with it. I'm like, if I'm on Twitter, I'm on Twitter for work. And I don't like typically respond to people in non-work fashion during work.
1: I'm either on Twitter for work or I'm on Twitter for work. And there is no difference to me because I think it's like you have to interact with people to actually get engagement. You have to get to know, you have to understand what's going on, especially for us, trying to help other people be aware of what's going on in the design community and also help get designers to be better at their craft whatever. Uh, I think that
0: Do you run the Cardinal account at all on Twitter? No,
1: I don't even know who runs that to be honest. I think I, I have run the
0: MakeLog one and I think the funniest thing ever is when I tweet something from my personal account and then I switch over to the MakeLog account and I'll like quote retweet it or comment or something like that. I switch back to my account. It's just this like game of volleyball where you're hitting it running to the other side of the cork, hitting it back, running to the other side of the cork.
1: <laughs> Why don't you just have it on your computer and then on your phone and then just...
0: No, no, it doesn't do that. Because if you interact with anything after switching on one of the devices, it will like force a reload and run the other account. That's not true. Yeah, absolutely. Try if it. I'm
1: on Twitter on my phone. Yeah. And, like Twitter app. And then on the yep. computer, I'm on a different account. Mm-hmm. They won't switch
0: if you have them both linked to a your instance of twitter yes
1: no they won't do that you're broken all right after the project <laughs> oh oh my gosh anyways this is a good episode uh i know we actually went longer than we thought we would but it was great um it was fun good episode so uh we'll do it again soon all
0: right awesome peace out Later.